I come here with two allegiances and affiliations, first as a service user and chair of a service user organisation, and second as a researcher seeking to develop evidence, and I'll be drawing in my comments on evidence from the Standards We Expect project, an independent four-year research and development project focusing on the advance of person-centred support, as we call personalisation, particularly focusing on the perspectives of service users, carers and practitioners working with them. First, a couple of of health warnings that uh, even in these consumerist times we should remind ourselves that the people who are self-funders get a pretty poor deal often with the heavy trend to institutionalisation. If we put to one side the extreme examples of appalling practice and abuse that we've been hearing about lately, there are sadly still many cases of routine poor conditions in social care. But let's not forget, and there is a solid body of evidence not only from the previous uh, Disability Rights Commission, but more recently, of the way in which in the National Health Service, both people who are older and people who are disabled have learning difficulties, mental health service users do not get well treated in the NHS. That's my first health warning. And the second health warning I feel I should say is please don't feel tempted either to shoot me or dismiss me as a five-year-old, because I do feel a bit of a cross between the messenger bearing bad news and the little boy who couldn't help pointing out that the Emperor's clothing was a little bit limited. Our focus is on providing, creating a framework for delivering adult social care today, with particular reference in this session to the legal framework. But we have, I would suggest, to keep our eyes, as others have done, on the big picture. Over the last few years, it's a very few years, the talk has been about the radical reform of adult social care. Recently, we've entered a period of broader radical reform, which I would argue has fundamentally overtaken this. We can't treat any aspect of social care in isolation. We have to connect it all up. It's difficult. It's not what we've traditionally done. Crucially, we have to take account of the funding, the legal and the cultural issues. Our research certainly highlighted that the chronic inadequacy of social care funding and its culture still rooted less in choice and control and more in institutionalisation and one-size-fits-all are still there as fundamental barriers to taking forward personalised support. Now we also have to take account of major problems with cuts in benefits and public services. Positive ideas like place shaping and total place, I would argue, have been dramatically damaged by the arbitrary attenuation of public services and personal support. Older people and disabled people of working age are the two key constituencies of social care, but they're also being evidenced increasingly as being particularly unhelpfully damaged by current public reforms, uh, as the recent Demos report indicated. A legal framework, crucially, should ensure entitlement to support, equity, transferability, and an effective independent system of advocacy. And we've heard about that. These, though, will not meaningfully be in place without changing culture and finance. I would argue that Dilnot does not offer the latter, and personalisation is currently failing because of the former. We need adult social care uh, legally based on the philosophy of independent living. That is, that the support that you need as a service user, as a disabled person, to live on as equal terms as is possible for you to live, is made possible by you having access to the support that you need to do so, as well as access to the wider supports and services we have in our society. 
We need the wherewithal to make legal requirements more than a paper exercise. And people have already talked about the need for the money to be in place. I think we have a mountain to climb. Let's not pretend that this mountain isn't there. Let's not deny that, as some of us as service users particularly see it, current government policy is driving us in the opposite direction rather than more closely towards a sustainable system of adult social care, which over the last couple of years at least we've heard there has to be a consensus to take forward for the next generation. I have to say one of the things that I find puzzling and interesting coming from a service user perspective where these debates are more often framed in these terms is that the issue that most service users talk about which is shared by many carers and many third sector organisations and allies working with them, that what really makes sense and is most likely to be workable is arrangements for adult social care funding based on general taxation and free at the point of delivery, consistently been ruled out of court by all political parties. And yet, of course, the irony is that Mr Dilnock, in his incredibly skillful and helpful report, seems to be falling at the same fence as that argument. So I would argue for many service users, and let's hope it again crops up with forces it has so far in every consultation and listening exercise, let's hope that we do not abandon the idea of bringing social care into the 21st century alongside the NHS, funded on that equitable, effective and economic basis. Thanks very much. <laughs>